We're going to come to the table again today. And as we do, I wanted us to, to think for just a minute about what Jesus said the night that he kind of transformed, if you will, I, I would even say fulfilled the Passover meal. As you know, he had met with his disciples that night for Passover. And as he walked through the Passover meal with them, he showed them how it really pointed towards himself. He fulfilled it. He, he gave it a new meaning. And as he walked through the process with them, he said some important things that we quote almost every time we have the Lord's Supper. But I want to make sure that we take a minute to, to think about them. He started with the bread. and The Bible says that when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And we always take that, we always say that as we're taking the bread, as we're eating it, almost implying or assuming that he meant every time you eat it, remember me. But I'm not sure that's, that's what he meant. I'm not sure that's the way the, the scriptures present it. I think it's more like this. Jesus took the bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and said, do this in remembrance of me. In our tradition, we miss some of that because we hand out pre-broken <laughs> little wafers that make it convenient. And I think we miss some of the symbolism. We miss the breaking. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember me when you break the bread. Because as you know, he was just hours away from the cross of Calvary where his body would be broken for them. Then he goes to the cup. And based on the way the Passover meal unfolds, they have a number of cups or a number of times that they drank wine through the meal. This particular one was of, of great importance. It speaks of God's mercy. And before that cup, he got everybody ready, got it prepared. And he said, as often as you drink this cup, remember me. And the reason I stress that is I, I don't want us to run past those words. As often as you drink this cup. Because what was happening that night, I don't think was just intended to prepare them for what was going to happen in a few hours. I think he was preparing them for the rest of their lives. From now on, when you break that bread, remember me. From now on, when you drink that cup, remember me. Yes, he was using it to help them understand the sacrifice he was going to make. But I think more than that, he was preparing them. He was saying, don't forget in the future 
Why would it be that important? Because he knew that in a very short time, the government would be after these guys. And he wanted to say to them, when it's hard and you're persecuted, remember. He knew that even the Jewish religion, the Jewish faith that they had grown up in, that they had been faithful in, he knew that even those leaders were going to turn on these guys. And so he wanted them to know, when it's hard and you're persecuted, remember me. And I think he was saying to them, guys, it's not going to be easy to follow me. So remember what it's all about. Then Paul establishes a church in Corinth. And the church gets a little bit confused. Imagine that. A group of people getting confused, turning on one another, dealing with politics in the church, misunderstandings. And so he writes them some letters to help them get things straightened out. And when he writes the letters to them, he includes in there this story. And the reason I think that's important is what Jesus did for the disciples who had gathered in the room that night was intended for all of us. That's verified by the fact that Paul included it in the letter that became part of our Scripture. Paul says to the church, don't forget. We're in the midst of a series called Collide. And the idea is that our current culture doesn't understand or won't, won't accept the fact that there is one reality and therefore there is absolute truth. Our culture does not recognize the presence of evil. Matter of fact, as soon as I said that, some of you reacted. How dare he even say that something could be evil? That makes you judgmental. If you call something evil, you're being judgmental. And we all know that the worst thing that you could ever be is judgmental. Except the Bible tells us to be as wise as serpents and it tells us to test the spirits. It tells us that we are indeed supposed to use discernment. There is evil in the world. There are bad people who do bad things just for the sake of being bad. But our culture doesn't see that, won't accept that. We reject that because we want to love it's a complete misunderstanding of the word love, but in the world's attempt to be loving, we throw away truth. Your truth is just as good as her truth, is just as good as his truth, is just as good as my truth. Boy, that sounds good. All, some of us just relaxed all of a sudden by even hearing those words because it sounds so good because we've been so influenced by our culture. 
So when there is a culture that says there is one way to God and there is truth and there is right and wrong and there is evil and good, when we have that culture in the kingdom of Christ compared to the culture in which we live, which in the, in, in the name of love makes wrong, right, and true, false, when those two worlds come together, there is a collision. And what do we do when that collision happens? Do this in remembrance of me. In the midst of our collision, we've got to remember what Jesus did for us on Calvary. We have to remember who he is. In a world that does not accept truth, we have to hear the words of the one who said, I am the truth, the way, the life. Definite article means the, that means one. I am the only truth. I am the only way. I am the only life. You and I, if we're faithful to the kingdom, we will live in collision with our culture around us. Does that mean that we, that we harbor resentment against the world, that we look down on the world? that we cause more conflict. I think what it means is that we love with a real love, that we show Christ-like compassion, but complete with understanding. And that as we deal with that collision, we remember that He is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. And he paid a tremendous price to make sure that we could experience the way, the truth, and the life. This morning, as we come to the table, let us remember. When he said it that night, he wasn't just talking to the eleven about the next few hours. He was talking to us as well. Do this to remember. Without it, we would forget too quickly. Without it, our lives would be filled with work and, and, and kids and baseball and all that we do. And so he says, you make sure you remember. And beloved, if you and I are true believers, if we're part of the kingdom, we're not going to make it in this world if we ever forget what it's all about. The table brings us back. At home, I have a bowl on the shelf. And every time I see that bowl, it takes me back. That bowl is grandma's mashed tater bowl. Every time we went to see grandma gosh in Oklahoma, we'd have whatever she made, all kinds of wonderful food. But that bowl always held the mashed taters. When I see the bowl, it takes me back. Today, when we see the bread, when we see the cup, let it take us back. Let us remember 
I want to encourage you not to participate today if it's just religion or ritual. But if you can participate in a way that says, I remember what he did for me, and what he did for me changed me because I have accepted the truth, the way, and the life. If you can say, I'm a child of God because what Jesus did, then you're welcome. You don't have to be a Baptist. You don't have to be a part of our church. If you have accepted Christ personally into your life, your life was changed by what he did for you, you're welcome to participate. As you participate, just remember. Turning to the description that Paul gave the church in Corinth, he says, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you. Robert, would you lead us in prayer for the bread? Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the reminder and what this means to us to participate in the breaking of the bread, Lord. Help it not to be something that we just do or a part of the service, but to truly reflect and remind us of your sacrifice and help us to be thankful of that and to partake and think and meditate on what it means, God. Lord, we thank you so much for what it means. And don't let us go a day without thinking of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In the same way also... He took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
Thank you. Wendy, would you lead our prayer for the cup? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the sacrifice you made for us. Lord, I pray that as we continue after this, that we don't take this for granted or lighthearted. Lord, I pray that we continue to share this with others and that we continue to grow as family units and as a church family closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There will be times when we have to work really hard at understanding how to relate to the world around us. Doing the work is worth it. Figuring out how to be Christ-like in a world that doesn't really respect the things of Christ can be a challenge, but it's worth it. Holding on to the truth where there are so many voices yelling at us can be difficult at times, but it's worth it. And whenever, whenever we feel like it's not worth the work, the hassle, perhaps the heartache, whenever we feel like it's just too much, come back to the table and remember all that he did for us. We can never do enough to repay. So when we serve, we serve because of what he's done for us. We live in a time of collision, but we can be victorious as long as we remember.